0: Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Amen. Our text for our sermon is the gospel history according to St. Matthew as recorded in chapter 11 verses 2 through 11. To remind you of that account, I will read the first two verses. While John was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? This is the word of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Scripture never blatantly tells us if John here was doubting, and if he was, who could blame him? He's rotting in prison for proclaiming the word of the Lord. In fact, if you get theologians in a room, even if you go back to some of the earliest preserved Christian sermons on this text, you will find no two people can agree. Now, certainly, when he says, should we wait for someone else? And he sent his disciples, those who were learning from him, it becomes clear that this was done especially for his disciples' benefit. Now, the question is, is John doubting? And many people, since the earliest of times, point out that Jesus, when he says, What did you go out in the desert to see? A a reed shaken by the wind. Obviously shows John had remained steadfast to many of them. But we're not told, but my opinion is something else. When a couple gets married, they make their vows. But you know they're in for a bad marriage if one of their attitude is, I told you I loved you the day we were married, and if anything changes, I will let you know and I'll be quiet until then. What spouse doesn't love to daily hear I love you? I am a pastor and I get to be in the Word daily to teach you and and, and feed my own soul. And I know and never once have I wavered in a sermon that it's because of Jesus Christ and 100% because of Him that my sins are forgiven. And yet I need to hear that daily. Maybe John, rotting away in prison, just needs to hear it. Well, isn't that like us sitting in the pew? Sometimes we just need to hear it over and over again, like a spouse hearing, I love you. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah. Yes, Jesus has saved me. Yes, my sins are forgiven. And maybe there are other times when the sinful nature gets its sucker punch in and we start going, are my sins forgiven? Is there something I need to do? No matter which the case, God comes to us with His Word. And in today's sermon, we will answer the question, how can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? And the answer comes right from Jesus' mouth himself, starting at verse 4. Jesus answered them, Go, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Jesus actually is pointing to two things here to tell us he's the Messiah. Of course, immediately he's saying, look at the miracles I do. Jesus did miracles to confirm that the message He proclaimed was in fact the message of the Messiah, the message of the God-man, and the miracles validated that He is true God. And He even gave the apostles the ability to do miracles, and people in the early Christian church, as the New Testament was being written, to confirm that the message they had was from God. So that's one witness. But did you catch the chief witness? It was quoted portions of this in in our Old Testament lesson today in Isaiah chapter 35. But Isaiah is not the only one who prophesied these things of the coming Savior. In fact, in verse 10, Jesus says, This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. John was even prophesied, not just by Isaiah, but by Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets. That there would be a guy who would prepare the way for the Lord. And John knew by the miracle of his birth and the things his parents would tell him about the angel Gabriel's appearance to his father. John knew he was that guy. Jesus points to the scriptures. He says, run to the scriptures if you want to know I'm the Messiah and see they're fulfilled. If you want to know that your sins are forgiven, you don't need to feel a burning in the bosom. You don't need to whip yourself up into an emotional frenzy for what comes up must come down. Simply turn to the Word of God. There the Holy Spirit works. There the Holy Spirit says this is the Word of God and He convinces our new man that yes, Jesus is the Messiah. Our sins are forgiven. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, faith is clinging to the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit in spite of what seems to be the opposite. It often seems like God couldn't possibly forgive us, and Scripture says, John 3.16, a major passage, yes, your sins are forgiven. But let me give you, Scripture's the big one, but let me give you a little bit of factual, historical, scientific evidence as well. The things Jesus says here are, are quotes from more than one prophet in the Old Testament. But everything he says to John's disciples can be found in the book of the prophet of Isaiah, right? Isaiah writes about 700 years before the birth of our Lord. And people say, well, how do you know that didn't just eventually somebody claim to be Isaiah and added to these prophecies so they would fit the prophecies of Christ? Simple. Have you heard of the Qumran scrolls? The oldest scroll that exists today The prophet Isaiah was found in Qumran around 1930, and it dates to 300 B.C. Now, obviously, that was Isaiah wrote around 700 B.C., but we compare it with what we have and nothing has changed. 300 years before the birth of Christ, these prophecies, we have a scroll that exists today, even existed at the time of Christ, of course, then it would have only been 300 years old, but... 300 years, you can't beat that kind of accuracy, brothers and sisters in Christ. Anybody who doubts that we have the Word of God does so even against what is some pretty plain simple evidence. For you and I, it's the Holy Spirit has worked through the Word to give us that trust that what it says is true about Jesus, is true everything it says, and our sins are forgiven and we are saved. So how can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? See the fulfillment of Scripture. Now Jesus turns around and and we're told in verse 7, as these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he's much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it's written. Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Jesus validates that John is a prophet. But John was unlike the preachers of his day. Recall, John was born to a priest. That was Zechariah. John would go to the temple with his dad when he reached that age. And John would memorize books of the scripture because those Old Testament priests, they often went to the outlying towns where it was too far to come to the temple to hear the word and they would recite that on the Sabbath. Brothers and sisters in Christ, John was different though. He went out into the desert. He lived off of what God provided in the wilderness and the people came out to him. But it's amazing when he says, what did you go out to see? Uh, a reed shaken by the wind? That would be wishy-washy, wouldn't it? Have you heard Christian preachers who are wishy-washy? Maybe you don't realize it. But as I just went through talking about that scroll of the prophet Isaiah, you know in the New Testament, the oldest scroll we have in existence today dates to 30 to 50 years of when John, the disciple, actually wrote the Gospel of John. It's been destroyed by time so that what's left is a little piece about the size of a silver dollar and it's written on both sides. But we have so many scrolls that date so close to when the New Testament was written You can bank that what you have is the Word of God. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, but there are people who say, that's why I'm bringing it up, oh, but God's Word, God's Word was made up by men, kind of in a cult way. You know, they kind of had an idea about God. They were writing like Aesop's fables. Yet time and time again, even science disproves that. Yet there are many, and there are, there are pastors who, they will twist the Word of God to fit what they want to believe. All right, we don't want to believe this is a sin. You know, political correctness, we'll chuck that off. We don't want to believe that we need to be forgiven. We'll chuck that out. Eventually, they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And there's a wishy-washiness in that. Isn't it nice to say, no, this is the Word of God. And what it says is true. John the Baptist was the forerunner. And the greatest thing he got to do, he preached law. He showed people they needed to be saved. He wasn't wishy-washy about that. In fact, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the men who made up the Sanhedrin, they were wishy-washy, weren't they? They came to be baptized just in case they were wrong. And John said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath?" But the greatest thing John did, and it's the reason why he preached the law, was to say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The law shows us we need a Savior. The Gospel tells us Jesus, the Messiah, the one anointed, He is the Lamb of God who takes your and my sin away. No wishy-washiness there. No, you do 90% of the work and Jesus will do 10% of the work. Not Jesus was like a snow plow and He removed the worst of the law, but you still have to keep certain acts of the law and act holy enough to be saved. Uh-uh. No wishy what Jesus did 100% to the work, and He even sends the Holy Spirit through that message to give you the faith. John stood firm on the law and on the gospel. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Did not hesitate to point Him out. Jesus says in verse 8, What did you go out to see, a man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Lots of times we want our popular preachers, we want them to show the display and pomp of the world. Well, guess who they're truly worshiping? The ways of this world. A perfect example of that would be the very Sanhedrin. When it became clear to them that Jesus was in fact the Messiah, what did they do? This is going to ruin our cush positions. Instead of themselves saying, Amen, there is the Lamb of God, they said, let's murder Him. Right? And today, there's many a person who gives itching ears what they want to hear. But if a preacher is getting rich proclaiming the Word of God, something's wrong, isn't it? We know where their God is. Now, it doesn't mean that those who dedicated their life to proclaiming the Word of God should live in the poorhouse. Jesus says the Word will support and sustain them. Again, if they're getting rich doing this, you know who their real God is. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. How can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? See the fulfillment of Scripture. Listen to His messengers who stand on His Word. Not just somebody who claims to be a messenger. How can you know if they're His messenger? They stand on His Word. Again there in verse 7, we're told, as these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What kind of Messiah do most people want? Let's admit it, it's easy to want a God that we can treat like a genie in a bottle. When we say, okay, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And when my own stupidity in living my life the way I want to gets me in a bad sling, I'll pull the genie out of the bottle, rub it and say, now God, you give me this. Whack, boom, there. There we go. I want to be wealthy. I want a bigger four-wheel drive. I want a nicer house. Here, there you go, God. But that's not Jesus' mission. Jesus' mission is explained to us. As John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And did you hear that part of Jesus' answer? The dead are raised. The gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Jesus, in the three years in which He was publicly performing His ministry, raised the young man at Nain. He raised Jairus' daughter. And of course, there near the end, He raised Lazarus. And the Sanhedrin said, enough, we've got to murder this man. You would think trying to murder somebody who could raise other people from the dead would give them a pretty strong indicator that he's not going to stay dead. They're not going to succeed. What was Christ's mission? The gospel is preached to the poor. Now, in Isaiah especially, when when it talks about the good news of forgiveness being preached to the poor, it's actually not just talking about people who don't have money. And that was the average person in those days. It's talking about the opposite of the Pharisee. The Pharisee looked at people's sins and said, Look at how great I am! I'm saved because I'm better than this person. I am holy. You know, the holier than thou. The poor person is the one whom that law has done its work. And they say, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. All I can do is beg for forgiveness because I screw this up every day. And they find themselves rich because they have the most precious treasure of all. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So how can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? Don't get confused. Don't think that he's some kind of a bread king or somebody who came to make us rich in the world's ways. Oh, no. He came to save you by taking your sins away, by making you rich in eternal life so that you are connected to him now, so that your sins are forgiven now. You are eternally alive now and in the future you will receive the new heavens and the new earth and a glorified body. How can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? Know Christ's mission. Let me wrap up our sermon with verse 11. Jesus says, Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All the prophets culminate in John the Baptist. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, which add up, the first five books are longer than the entire New Testament. And yet all Moses could say was, the Savior is coming. What makes John the Baptist the great is he wraps up all the Old Testament prophets and begins the New Prophets, the New Testament prophets, because he didn't get to say the Savior's coming. He literally got to point and say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yet you, you are in God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, is His rule in the hearts of believers. That's an invisible kingdom. It's made visible on the last day. So how are you, even if you're least in the kingdom of heaven, greater than John the Baptist? This is like when Jesus rose again and Thomas said, "I, I, I refuse to believe unless I can touch the holes in His hands and in His side. And Jesus let him do it. And Thomas confesses his faith. And Jesus says, you believe because you've seen More blessed, more blessed, not that Thomas wasn't blessed, are those who have not seen yet have believed. You don't need to see it because God has given you his Holy Spirit who has convicted you of that again using the word. So in the same way, you're more blessed than John the Baptist because John got to point the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but poor John, he got to go to heaven before Jesus actually goes to the cross and takes away the sin of the world. You have the word in its completion. John the Baptist had the Old Testament and those few words the angel Gabriel said to his dad and to Mary. Uh, And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, know your status. John has the blessing of being the ultimate prophet. But you are a redeemed child of God. You are prince and princesses in God's kingdom. You know the full story and now you are simply confidently waiting for the day when Christ returns to fulfill. He only has one promise left to fulfill to you because He's already removed your sins and saved you and gave you eternal life in Him. And that's when He gives you the new heavens and the new earth with your glorified body. So as we look to the coming of our Savior, how can you know that Jesus is the Messiah? See the fulfillment of Scripture. Listen to His messengers who stand on His word, know Christ's mission, and know your status, a redeemed child of God. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.